Hi, and welcome to Comchurch Talks. This is our sermon of the day. We pray that it will be a real blessing to you. I know you'll be encouraged, challenged, and uplifted by the talk that you're about to hear. Comchurch, let's welcome our guests today. Anybody that's new to Comchurch that's um, not been before, we want to welcome you. Pray that you have an amazing time. We've been in the middle of a series that's been running for eight weeks, a series um, that's been exploring the words that you can see on our walls that are written all the way around. Take a look as I'm talking to you. There are words written on our walls. And we've been in a series where we've been unpacking what these words mean to us as Com Church. These words belong on these walls because of the series we're talking about, which is the writing is on the wall. And um, we've got these great words. Um, I, I remember Sarah Payne bringing us an amazing word on communication, and that's been repeated again, a word by Andrew brought an amazing word last week on communication. Many of these words we've spoken on for multiple weeks. Um, commission there, Scott, you spoke to us about commission so many weeks ago, and it was an amazing word. And then um, Dave Campbell came, and we were over at the Grove, and he spoke on the word commission too. And he spoke on the word compassion over here. And Rob McKinney, a few weeks ago, brought us a great message on the word compassion and what that means to us as Com Church. Then for a whole week in, um, in August, we all together preached the word community that is on the word at the back there we didn't let anyone stand and preach and teach about community though we did share that we're in the world and not of the world there are two communities there we're in the world we're supposed to be in that community but also we have a different calling and we're also of another community which you're going to hear about some more this morning commitment was there that was a great word Nathan Nathan you spoke an amazing word on commitment. We appreciated that. Companionship, Rob Payne. It seems so long ago now, but Rob Payne brought an amazing word on companionship and how we're meant to be friends to each other. And we have a companion that will never leave us and never forsake us. Do you remember that word? And it was amazing. And those words, all of those words that I've just mentioned, um, are very much human interaction words. They're, they're earthly words. They're words that involve our relationships and companionship and our motivation to be on a commission and our motivation to express compassion. And they're very much um, lifestyle words that we choose to live by as Com Church. And people often say to me, What's it like? we're supposed to be a praise and worshipping church. We're supposed to have um, evangelism as our core, but those words aren't on the walls. You've just got these com words. Well, I'm here to tell you today that those things are all caught up in different words on this wall. If you look closely, our senior leadership team, Sarah and I have spent long and hard praying about what these words are to mean and where they've come from. And today I want to put it to you that I'm speaking on the most important of the words that are on our wall. It's a small word and it's a small sign and it's right at the back. It's possibly the most churchy sounding of all the words that we have. And it's a word that we don't use in everyday life. And people that, if you're here this morning and you um, don't know church circles and you don't know a church wor world like we do, um, or you don't come to church very often, you may not have come across this word. And it's the word communion. And that's what I want to speak to today. I think it's the most important. Praise and worship is caught up in this word. 
And I've struggled with how I bring this word today because it's a very church word. It's a very church word. And I'm conscious, I love, I want this to be a place where people that don't even know what church is can come and relax and receive something from God. So my prayer is, if you're here today and you don't understand church, you haven't been very much, my prayer is that you've taken something out of the praise and worship and the presence of the Holy Spirit in this room and that that has done something in your life but you're going to have to forgive me for one moment that I'm going to have to use as we unpack this word communion. I am going to have to look at some sort of Bible study and use some words that are churchy or or like that we use in church circles. So you're going to have to forgive me, but my prayer is that the Holy Spirit will have touched you in this service in some way and that you've seen something. Is that what we all believe, Com Church? Do we all believe that? Good. So as we look at the word communion... I wonder if you could put it up there. I have the dictionary definition. The second part of this, um, Clive has led us so amazingly in the communion service today. The service of Christian worship at which bread and wine are consecrated and shared. We have done communion already today. The word communion has been expressed. He's talked about the body and the blood of Jesus Christ being shed for each one of us that we might be saved and saved from a sinful life. And that is one aspect of the word communion, and we've done that in our service, and we've shared bread and wine together, and we've been obedient to God's word and shared communion. But there's a whole lot more to the word communion, and that's the whole lot more that is hanging on the wall of Com Church. Not just a service where we share bread and wine together, Let's look at the first bit of the definition of the word communion. Sharing or exchanging of intimate thoughts and feelings, especially on a mental and spiritual level. I want to talk about our communion with God today. Our walking every single day. In the word communion, there's the intimacy of our relationship with God. In the word communion, there's living life in his presence every day. This wall art version of the word communion is what I want to look at. It's our daily walk with God. You cannot express intimate thoughts and feelings with someone who you're not in the presence of. You have to be in the presence of the person to be able to share intimate thoughts, feelings and those types of things. So I'm going to have to look at today what it is to be in the presence of God. If we're going to look at the definition of communion as our relationship with God and our talking to God and in an interaction between my life and heaven, there's no way I can do that without having a short Bible study on the subject of being in his presence. Who enjoyed worship this morning? Wasn't it great? Let's appreciate our praise team. Let's appreciate Ollie and... The guys, you know, music and worship is key to being in the presence of God. I believe that this morning, and I could feel it. Nana, could you feel it? The second the praise team struck up and there was something in our worship, there was something in that music that caused the Holy Spirit to invade earth in this place this morning as we began to worship. Did you feel it, Sue, when you were signing? Don't you love Sue bringing the signing to life and bringing her worship It's all part of it. Worship is so important to experiencing the presence of God. In worship, we sense God's presence, 
but we live and walk every day, every week, every year, we live and walk in something, is that worship? Is, can we, as a people, live in that presence that we experience as we worship today, as we entered God's presence, can we live every day, every week and every year in that place? That's the question I want to answer today. This is the definition of communion that I want to look at. The second part already Clive has wonderfully taken us through today. In scriptures we can find, if you can just excuse a Bible study, if you've got your Bibles you can open it, but there are three forms, three types, three expressions or three explanations of God's presence that you can find in the Word of God and I'm just going to touch on them very quickly because it's the third one that I want to specifically talk about. It's again another very church word but the omnipresence of God is the first one. God is everywhere. God is everywhere. There is nowhere you can go where you're not in God's presence. Psalm 139 verse 7 says this. Let's all read it together if you've got your Bibles. Where can I go from your spirit? Where can I flee from your presence? If I go up to the heavens, you are there. If I make my bed in the depths, you are there. If I raise on wings of the dawn, if I settle on the far side of the sea, even there your hand will guide me, your right hand will hold me fast. There's nowhere that you can go from the omnipresence of God. He is absolutely everywhere. That's what it is. If I go high on the mountains, if I go low into the depths of the valley, he's always there. The omnipresence of God. Don't like these big long church words, Nathan. But Bible study, you have to do it. It makes you sound clever. Two, inner presence of God. The inner presence of God is found throughout the Bible. Corinthians 1, 3 to 16 says this. Do you know that you are the temple of God and that the Spirit of God dwells in you? The presence of God can be in your heart. The second we accept by faith and as the second we call Jesus the one of the second part of the definition of the communion the Jesus that died on the cross as we call on him and we accept him in us the Holy Spirit comes and dwells with us so there's the omnipresence of God where we're always in God's presence and then there's the inner presence of God where we have invited God into our heart but the third explanation or description of God's presence is different than both of those. Number three, the manifest presence of God. When God chooses to make known his presence, where he reveals his presence, where you see it, where you can tangibly touch God's presence. The manifest presence of God. That's the word I'm going to use today. And again, it sounds too churchy, but we're going to go with it. Um, From the very beginning, God had a relationship with Adam and Eve. Right back in the beginning of Genesis, again, if you're here today and you just don't even believe anything in the Bible is true, then you just stick with that first definition of communion today, the one where Jesus Christ saved you from your sin and you have an opportunity to know that Jesus. But Jesus believed what I'm about to tell you now as true. So I've accepted Jesus Christ as my Lord and Saviour and I'm happy to go back because if he believed that Adam and Eve walked the earth, then I'm happy to believe the same thing. 
So we go back right to the beginning and God intended that Adam and Eve, the first two human beings ever that walked the earth, um, he found them and they found him walking in the garden in the cold of the day. Genesis 3 verse 8 says this, and they heard the sound of the Lord God walking in the garden in the cool of the day. And Adam and his wife hid themselves from the presence of the Lord God among the trees. They hid themselves. They were in the garden. Um, they'd been created. God had created them. They were in the garden. They disobeyed God. Adam and Eve took the apple from the tree that they were told not to take, the fruit of the um, of knowledge of good and evil, they took that fruit and they disobeyed God. And that scripture says there they hid from God when they found him walking in the, in the cool of the day in the Garden of Eden. I want to say this right at the kind of onset that sin always causes us to try to hide from God. If we've led sin into our life, sin is just the stuff that separates us from God. But if we allow sin in our life, it does cause us to want to hide from the presence of God. If you're sat here today and you messed up tragically this week, you're like beating yourself up because, do you know what? I know I shouldn't have done that this week. I know that I've sinned. I know that that's not the way that I should have gone about things this week. The enemy will say to you, you shouldn't worship today. You should hide. You shouldn't sing your praise today. You should sit in this congregation and you should cowl away because you're a hypocrite. If you're feeling that today and that's a press on your life because you've sinned, I want to say no. When you've messed it up, when you've made your biggest mistakes, that's the very time that you should be in the presence of God. It's the very time you should be praising and it's the very time you should be worshipping God. Amen? Let's be countercultural about this. God wants us to do the opposite sometimes of what our feelings tell us and what certainly what the enemy is telling us. No, if you've messed up, make sure that you're not hiding from God because the first place you need to be is in his presence. Please don't hide from God as I'm talking today. If something lands in your spirit and you go ouch or you feel it, don't hide from God today in this place. Let the Holy Spirit do his work. I need some water. We can boldly enter the presence of God. Boldly enter the presence of God because of the first part of this word communion. Because Jesus died on the cross. He paid the price with his blood that we can boldly come into his presence despite our sin and despite our sinful nature. Adam and Eve hid themselves from the presence of God. If Adam and Eve hid themselves from the presence of God, this can't be the omnipresence of God because they've hide, hidden from it. So where they were hiding, God's presence would be. If I go to the tops of the mountains, he's there. If I go to the bottom of the valleys, he's there. There's nowhere that we can hide from God's presence. So it must be another facet or another part of God's presence we're talking about when it says Adam and Eve hid from God's presence. The first humans were hiding from the manifest presence of God. What did we lose when Adam and Eve fell? What did Jesus come to restore to us? I believe it was God's manifest presence acting in, God, in your life every single day, that we could live in God's manifest presence. And that's why 
Jesus went to the cross. That's why he came, was to restore the ability for us to be able to live that way. A few, if we fast forward a little bit from Adam and Eve, there's a guy a bit later called Moses in Exodus 33, 14 to 15. And he has a conversation with God and it's about his presence. 14 to 15 says this, and he said, this is um, God, my presence will go with you and I will give you rest. Then he, Moses, says to him, God, if your presence does not go with me, go with us, do not bring us up from here. How can God say to, how can God say to Moses that you're going to leave my presence, you're going to be out of my presence if God is everywhere? It's because God was referring to his manifest presence, his known presence, his sense, his tangible presence every day. God says this morning to you as I'm speaking, I'm going to walk with you, talk with you on a daily basis. And I'm going to evidence that through our relationship. That's what God's saying to you through this message today. God wants to evidence the fact it needs to be known and he wants to do it through a daily relationship with you. I don't know how to make this live for you other than to use this example. I wonder if without embarrassing anyone, is there anybody here that's in church for the very first time? I'm not going to ask you to do anything. I'm not going to embarrass you. But is there anyone here that is in church for the very first time? Could you raise your hand? Just very quickly. Okay, so we've got some. You can put your hand down. So there's some people over here that are in church for the very first time. We've already clapped. We've already welcomed them. We don't need to put them on the spot anymore. But you don't know them. You don't know who they are. I want to suggest this morning that they are multi-billionaires. Multi-billionaires. They've got so much money, it's ridiculous. These two new people that have come in are multi-multi-business. They own huge businesses all around and you, you have no clue and they're sat here today and they have got so much money um, I'm going to come and meet you a bit later on <laughs> now if when I began taking the offering a bit earlier these people that are new in church had stood up and began walking around and giving out checks for one million pounds Nana just for, they, they give you there's your check for one million pounds. And Nathan, I'm going to give you, they're going to give you a check for a, for a million pounds. There you go. They're like, and then they started going round, giving out checks for a million pounds that we just knew weren't going to, they begin to manifest their present. They were present in the meeting and we had no clue that they were multi-billionaires, right? We had absolutely no idea. They were in the meeting. They were present. We were, they were omnipresent, if you like, in the meeting. But then they evidenced themselves by handing out and manifesting what God had given them and doing something for you that you can't do for yourself. Is that how you think of your quiet time? Is that how you think of your quiet time? When you sit and you go, I'm going to open my Bible now and I'm going to just do my drive through quiet place. I'm just going to just get my scripture and I'm going to have my quiet time. Do you think about that? Do you think, well, hang on a minute. This is a moment that God is going to do something for me that I can't do for myself. And are you in the place where the presence of God is manifest and you can actually see it and touch it? Is that the kind of quiet time you're having? I don't know. I, I, I had to challenge myself. 
Worship. God, forgive us for the times we've taken worship out of our quiet time because worship is what will transfer you into the manifest presence of God, not just the omnipresence of God. It's all right to be in the omnipresence of God and to have your quiet time and line up your scripture or your, um, take your, um, your Valentin, like daily devotional or whatever it is you choose to do, but are you experiencing the manifest presence of God? in your quiet time, in that time that you set aside. I'm going to call it the secret place as we go on. God created man for enjoyment of walking in a talking and walking relationship. My wife isn't here today, Sarah. Um, she's ministering with um, saying goodbye. In, um, in, she's in Wimborne, Minster today, singing and worshipping and ministering for, um, for um, it's people that have had bereavement by way of miscarriage and a, a service that really helps ladies and, and couples deal with that. And that ministry, she's down there singing today. But my wife loves to take the dog and go for a walk. Who loves walking? Do I have some people that like to go for a walk? Who likes walking with friends? This week, this week I know Sarah went on at least two walks with the, the Hotcliffe Corner and the Leighton Buzzard Corner. She went at least on two walks. Walking's great for exercise. It's great to give you energy and to build you up. But it's also great if you go with someone else and you talk with them, it deepens your friendship. And I know this week, the two walks that my wife went on, it deepened their friendship and it deepened the talk and the relationship. God created us to be in a walking, talking relationship in exactly the same way. It deepens friendship. Jesus went on these kind of walks with his disciples and he still likes to walk with us that way today in his manifest presence, in communion with him daily. Our secret place is that place. It's not a, it's not a destination when we get our secret place, which is our quiet time, our times with God, or even that part of the service at the beginning here where we all came and we brought our worship and we, we began singing out our praise, our quiet place. It's not a destination. It's not somewhere we're heading, but it's the catalyst for God in our life. It's a catalyst to our relationship with God. God designed us to be in an intimate friendship, that first part of the definition, sharing our thoughts in an intimate way. That's how close we should be walking and talking. Is it possible for us to leave God's manifest presence? That's a question I wanted to answer today too. Is it possible for us to leave God's manifest presence? Well, it's not possible for us to leave his omnipresence as we've already heard, he's everywhere, but I think it is possible for us to walk out or to not experience his manifest presence. Think about Adam and Eve hiding in that scripture we read already. They were out of his presence. That's what the, it says. In a few verses later, later man, Cain, in chapter four of Genesis, Cain murdered his brother Abel. Then watch what it says in verse 16. Cain went out from the presence of the Lord and dwelt in the land of Nod. Hope there's no one dwelling in the land of Nod when I'm talking this morning, Clive. Was that, was that, was that the land of Nod? Okay, all right. Thank you very much. It is my favourite of all the biblical lands, the land of Nod. But the land of Nod is away from God. It's not, it's, that rhymes, that's awesome. But um, it says in that scripture, Cain went to the land of Nod, but that it was out of the presence of God. But 
The omnipresence of God has to be in the land of Nod because whether you're on the mountaintop or whether you're in the valley, I'm always there. It has to be the aspect of God's presence, the manifest presence. You can leave it. Jonah left the manifest presence of God. Uh, Two to three. I'm going to have to go real quick. I don't want to talk all day. Arise, go to Nineveh. This is uh, Jonah uh, chapter one, verses two and three. Arise, go to Nineveh that great city, and cry out against it, for their wickedness has come up before me. But Jonah arose to flee to Tarshish from the presence of the Lord. It says, from the presence of the Lord. He went down to Joppa and found a ship going to Tarshish. So he paid the fare and went down into it to go with them to Tarshish from the presence of the Lord. So he was able to flee, but he wasn't fleeing the omnipresence, he was fleeing the manifest presence of God, the tangible, workable, seeing, known presence of the Lord. How do we leave God's presence? Just from those two Bible stories alone, the way we leave his presence is simply by not doing what God tells us to do. That's how you leave the manifest presence of God. If you want the secret today in your quiet times and in your life to walk a daily walk where circumstances aren't your first thought, but that your relationship and your worship of God and your friendship to God is your first thought, that you walk every day in the manifest presence of God, the secret to staying in that is do what God told you to do. Do what God tells you to do. Dead simple. He told Adam and Eve not to eat the fruit. They ate the fruit. They left his presence. They hid themselves in the Garden of Eden. Cain was told to deal with his attitude about Abel, his brother, and the offering that he gave. He didn't deal with his attitude. He murdered his brother, and he left God's presence for the land of Nod. He didn't do what God told him to do. And it caused him to leave God's presence. Jonah was told, go to Nineveh. He didn't go to Nineveh. He left the presence of God. Daily communion with God hinges on our obedience that we must focus on what God is telling us what to do. Our obedience of what God is telling us to do. So if you want to be in God's presence every single day. When you open your Bible for your quiet time, you want to be in that, you have a hunger for that manifest presence of God in your life every day. Do what God is telling you to do. It hinges on it. I want to make this personal. God's told me to do two things in my life. One is to serve the ministry of my father and one is to serve the ministry of Morris Sorello until he dies. God has told me to do that, clearly, If because someone else thinks that I should do something different, I don't do that, I will be leaving the manifest presence of God every day in my quiet time because I know God has told me to do it. I don't know how to make that any more personal for you or for you to understand why I do what I do. It's because I'd rather be obedient and hold on to the manifest presence of God with all my might than go and do something somebody else wants me to do. Though something else may seem more attractive, though may doing something else may be easier for my own personal life. It would all be easier. But no, I'm going to do it because I know God has told me to. And the key for me living in the manifest presence of God is to be obedient to what God is telling me to do. Do I get an amen?
If God spoke to you about ending a relationship some time ago, and you're living in that relationship today, I put it to you that you are possibly in danger of walking out of the manifest presence of God. You might not like it, but I'm going to say it anyway. If God spoke to you a long time ago about tithing and getting your finances order, and you're not doing it today, I'm going to put it to you that you're in danger of walking out of the manifest presence of the Lord Jesus Christ, of God. If God spokes to you about something and you don't do it, that's how we leave God's presence. Ask yourself today, am I still in the manifest presence of God that Julian is talking about today? That relationship that doesn't break? Or am I just in the omnipresence of God today? You, I, I'm not going to make anyone feel guilty or do it. You ask that question of yourself when I'm talking today. When God tells us to do something, we must do it. The Bible teaches us there is a good chance we are choosing to leave the manifest presence of God when we disobey God. Like our billionaires that are with us this morning that we're all going to rush to say hello to at the end of the service. I can see everybody's eyes lighting up. You can be in the presence of someone but not experience the fullness of their presence. Do you get that? They could be here today and we'd have no clue. But we need to create the environment where they feel comfortable to be able to manifest what they have in their heart, which is why we put an offering envelope on the seat so um, we can do that. But that's true. You can be in church, you can be reading your Bible, but not fully experience the tangible, workable, known presence of God. Have I got time? I have. Rewind. We're going to rewind a little bit. I went up to Moses. We're going to go back a bit more. Enoch was the first man in the Bible who ever walked with God. Enoch found a relationship with God that Adam never had. Adam hid from the presence of God. But Enoch, it says in Genesis 4.26, uh, actually Genesis 4.26, it talks about the guys that came before Enoch, the people that came even before Enoch. It says, early man began to call on the name of the Lord in the early days. That's what that said. So there were people that called on the name of the Lord before Enoch. But when Enoch came, he lived for 365 years. And for 300 of those years, the Bible says he walked with God. So all of the days of Enoch were 365 years and Enoch walked with God and he was not for God took him uh, for God took him so Enoch walked with God for those 300 years Genesis 5 22 to 24 Enoch walked with God and then he was taken up he didn't die God took him up because he spent 300 years walking with God the men before Enoch had given honor to God praise to God those types of things but never had the walking talking relationship that I'm talking about today but Enoch did God made a graphic statement by taking Enoch directly to heaven that this man had nailed what it is to walk in the God's presence. God wasn't trying to impress us with Enoch, nor was he saying, if you get to be as spiritual as Enoch, you'll get taken to heaven too. He wasn't saying any of those things. He was marking the fact that this man, Enoch, had learned for 300 years to walk in this walking, talking, manifest presence of God relationship that I'm trying my best to describe to you today. God's point was, I love to walk with man. 
I love to have a relationship and a friendship with man, and I want it to be every day. And that's what God is saying to you this morning. When you have an experience like I'm talking to, talking to you about, an experience, and you love walking in God's presence every day, when you have that, you never want to go back. You just want to be in God's presence. That feeling that we have, that atmosphere that we have when we worship together like we did today, you won't want to go back. We want God to reveal the beauty of his face because we made time in our busy schedules to make sure that that friendship was the one that we held dear above every single other friendship that we have. How much time and effort do we put into our relationships and our friendships with the people on Facebook and then the people that we meet and the people on Twitter and then all the Instagram pictures that we send? How much effort do we put into our earthly relationships? But then there's that one relationship that we need to be putting this time in to create a manifest presence of God in our lives every day. Noah knew the secret. Read the story of Noah. He knew the secret of walking with God. Abraham knew the secret of walking with God. Genesis 6-9, Genesis 24-40. Read it in your own time. Both of those guys knew what it was to walk in the manifest presence of God. God wants us to walk with him and talk with him and to build on our relationship and our friendship with him every day. To put it bluntly, and this is pretty blunt, God works with his friends. Are you a friend of God today? God works with his friends. So if God's working through your life, when I see someone, it might not be the style of things I like, but God's using their life, I think that must be God's friend because God is using them and using their life. Be a friend of God and work on your friendship. Put your time, put your quiet place, prioritise it over everything else. God wants to use a useful vessel that has been prepared for purpose. It's our secret time. It's the close time with God, that time out of the eye of the public that builds our lives up where God truly shows us what he wants us to be like. Worship is key to our secret place. Lord, we ask for repentance for leaving worship out because it gives us direct access into your presence and into your divine presence. What is the soundtrack to your life? What is the soundtrack to your life? Is the soundtrack to your life the hospital visits and talking about your problems, the, the different um, aspects of the challenges you're going through, the fact that the bank balance doesn't look like what you need it to do? What is the soundtrack of your life? Are you spending your life talking about the problem or are you spending your life worshipping the one that has the solution and the answer to your problem? I want to encourage every single member of Com Church here today, and I know what a lot of what I'm saying is not necessarily for the, the guest that's just come in off the street, but take it if you're able to. But we need to set worship as the soundtrack for our lives. There's so much vying to come into our heads and our brains and our space and so many distractive and distracting and destructive things that are just trying to take our attention away. What is the soundtrack to your life? I pray today that as you leave, at least for this next seven days, try it out. Adjust the soundtrack to your worship album. Get those worship music. Get your heart in the aspect 
of worship and present yourself to God through worship. If you want God to do something in your life by way of public ministry, if you want to live a public, I mean, like it's the last thing I ever wanted to do was come and pastor this church. It really was. God had to clearly say to me, Julian, I want you to do this. You're coming next. You're the one that's going to step into your dad's shoes. The, the elders didn't choose me to do that. The senior leadership team, people didn't choose me. The board didn't choose me to do that. God handpicked me, select me, selected me to do this task. And that's not anyone else's given to me. God gave me that appointment. And that's just remarkable to me. But if you want to have a public ministry, you have to have a private walk. So you'll only ever be as strong in public as you are privately praying and working on this manifest relationship, walking, talking, relationship with God that I'm trying to share with you today that is communion, communion between you and heaven. If you want to be done in public, you need to be doing that in private because God works with his friends. I'd love to think we can have a church full of friends of God. Because we can be friends of God and God will use your life amazingly. I wonder if the praise team could be heading back because I need to spend time. There's no point in me rattling on about the manifest presence of God and not not create the environment whereby you can experience it and know it's happening and see God at work and see God touch. We have to create that environment so you know what to do when you're in the quiet, secret place at your home. Can you imagine what our worship times will be like when everybody arrives at church having been in the secret place, being in that place where you've walked every day for 300 years, my goodness, like Enoch did, 300 every day in his presence. Can you imagine how by day 150 or by year 150, how much stronger he was than he was at year one when he began walking in God's presence. Can you imagine the truths of the Word of God that he would know at day 150 years than he did at day uh, one? Every day, new things, new things revealed to you, new things about God's presence, new things about what God can do and, and the way his hand works, as well as just who he is. Can you imagine what day, 300 years, at day 300 years, when God said, right, I'm going to take you, and I'm going to take you to heaven. Every day, because we have, and because we have made the choice to live in God's manifest presence, isn't it amazing that we can still be in God's presence regardless? I just want us to ask the question today, have we got used to the omnipresence of God? And have we forgotten that there is more? to our relationship with God and that there is a relationship that we can walk in every day. I wonder if we could all stand in this place today. We're going to move into worship again because I think it's key. I don't know how to make it clear. I just think there are some people here that are so on the edge of it and all you've got to do is add worship to your quiet time and you're there. You'll be in the presence of God, the manifest presence of God. We've already done prayer for people's needs today, but the manifest presence of God is the atmosphere for miracles. It's where miracles happen. Sometimes we say praise and worship is where miracles happen. Actually, what we're really meaning is that that gives us access 
via communion into the presence of God and it's God's presence that is the manifest place where miracles can happen. It's God's presence that causes that to happen. It's not the music, it's not the keyboard, it's not the guitar, it's not the magical vocal of someone singing. It's the fact that we've moved ourselves into the presence of God. And we're gonna move ourselves into the manifest presence of God today. And I would like to think that Com Church makes a, a clear decision to walk in that every day. I want there to be some repentance in the house today for where we've got used to the omnipresence of God and that's good enough. I'm happy to get on with my daily life. I'm happy to, my, my quiet time doesn't matter today. My reading of the Word, my studying of that doesn't matter today. I've got more important things to take care of. Well, I'm wondering whether we can just adjust our priorities a little bit here at Com Church. And let me tell you this, the reward of being in the manifest presence of God is well worth it. There is nothing that your life, none of the million pounds that our billionaires have to give us could pay for what you can get in the manifest presence of the Lord Jesus Christ today. There's absolutely nothing that is worth having more than being in His presence. I wonder if we could just hold out our hands and in this place, if you've got something that you wanna pray for or you wanna make a commitment or you just are tired of the same old mundane happenings of your life, come and make a commitment at the front of this church today that I want to be in the manifest presence of God. The Holy Spirit was sent to empower me to do exactly what I'm doing this morning. And I pray that we would hunger after this presence of God. Thanks for listening to Com Church Talks. We'd love to hear from you and you're welcome to any of our Sunday services or midweek comms. For more information or to contact us, please visit www.comchurch.org.uk or find us on Facebook. God bless.